Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Buzz babies, we are back for another episode of Blake's Buzz. And this week we've got a Kickstarter gem in the house, Chris Moses. He's got a really great sci-fi campaign going. Uh, he's released a couple issues so far. We are on uh the third issue of his of his awesome series called the Saturn Effect Alpha. And we're also getting another offshoot of it, premiere of Saturn Effect Helena. Very cool, uh, awesome art, wonderful lettering, really cool story, lots of moving parts, but not too many that it drives you crazy. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about Kickstarter, the joys, the stressors, and the current Kickstarter climate. There's some hot topics, but more importantly, let's introduce everybody to Chris. Chris, after that catastrophic introduction, <laughs> how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing well, man. You know, it's uh, it's finally feeling like December here in uh, New York, so I'm just trying to keep warm and uh and I'm ready to talk comics. Dude, the same. So I'm in the Midwest. I'm in Kansas City. And it's uh, three days ago, it was like 70 degrees. I was wearing shorts and a T-shirt. And then right. and I was like, I was like, holy shit, it's December. Like, that's, not, <laughs> that's not right. I mean, man, when I was a kid, uh, there, was, there was a uh, there was a really bad ice storm when I was a kid. And we didn't have power for like two weeks, man. Uh, we it would look like we stayed at my grandma's for a while because she had power. But I mean, we used to get gnarly winter weather. And in the last couple of years, it's been kind of tame. And it's it, same here. It's finally getting chilly. Um, like I'm I record in this garage. So like it's uh uh you know i got the i got the beanie on to, to stay a little warm right, and but right. yeah it's 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 weird man it's like I, I i always wonder if like the late winter uh if if that means it's gonna be bad or if it's like you know like is it gonna like snow crazy till june or like is it just gonna get like kind of cold and then we forget about it and go back to summer i don't know that's why i read comics so i'm not a weather person because i don't know about that shit right <laughs> right yeah it's been the weather's been so interesting i think it's even going to be 60 degrees here like in the next couple of days that's uh, crazy so it's like yeah i'm not entirely sure I'm I'm not sure what Derek's doing right now. <laughs> it's all those it's all those NFTs, man. The yeah. NFTs and, and the blockchains and, and the Bitcoin. It's it's changing the weather. It's like a it's like an evil scientist weather machine that's throwing everything off. Oh man. Anyways, <laughs> Saturn Saturn effect. Um, so this is your third campaign, right? Uh, and and each one, you know, you've you've been successful, which is awesome. Uh, you know, the, the, a lot of people do one shots on Kickstarter, and and but you to that continued success. Like I applaud you. That's 
that's uh, hard to do. And so, you know, so good on you Thanks, for man. coming on, you know, weirdos shows like me and promoting your book yourself and taking all that, you know, on, on your own shoulders. I know that's, uh, you know, both, both fun and stressful. I I'm sure, uh, you know, it's cool to get your baby out there, but you know, like and, and for the third campaign, like, are, is it still like, do the numbers stress you out or are you kind of like, ah, I'm used to this. It's going good. Like, how's that working? I think there's a, a mix of both. Definitely. I mean, there's still like some nerves. I definitely try to aim for higher goals each time so far. So by moving those goalposts, I'm still always a little nervous if we'll meet that next threshold that I'm sort of setting for myself. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, also being a little bit of a veteran, knowing that like, okay, like mid campaign, it's going to be a little bit slower and not just, just like sitting there and doom refreshing my page, hoping that somebody's <laughs> going to donate or something like that. Um, and like being more confident in the work that I had put in previously um, with marketing for a couple months up until this point. Um, and just like, you know, stepping away from the Kickstarter, writing some other things and not just like procrastinating by, you know, just trying to get a little dopamine trigger by hitting the refresh button. <laughs> so are you, um, cause I, I've, I've found that out that there are different kinds of Kickstarter people. There are the constant refreshers uh, who are like, uh, you know, uh, looking at the app, like, like you're on Tinder and you haven't had a date in a year and a half uh, or like, you know, or, you know, some, some people right. are like, you know, they're good at like, you know, staying away from it. Yeah. I mean, you still got to check it. You still got to pay attention, but uh, what, where, where do you fall and has it changed? Like now that this is your third campaign or for this, for this comic anyway, I would say everyone secretly is the first one. And <laughs> some people have just gotten really good at coping with it and just like putting it somewhere in the back of their brain where they can you know compartmentalize and forget about it um i would say i started off definitely there um just like scrolling all the time and like refreshing and trying to continue to push but um lately i've been a lot better at disconnecting um just because it's you're going to drive yourself crazy otherwise well and like you said you're you're working on uh well i mean it, it looks like you've got it done basically control z you got you got another right. book coming out so you got you got a little bit of a of a distraction, uh, and you got the holiday too, which is a its own stressor and distraction for for everybody for a multitude of reasons. Um, so, I mean, I guess I guess that helps. I was told uh, so. Like November was a fucking insane month. Like there was a few weeks where I was doing. I think uh, there there was a two week span where I put out three episodes in two weeks, uh, just trying to help get mm. interviews in for campaigns and. You know, trying to, I, I, I'm always scared if I tell someone no, like they're going to quit asking. Right. You know, like <laughs> right, they're going right. to be like, that fucker didn't let me on his podcast. So like, I always want to help everybody. And, and so like November, there was just so many campaigns, uh, so many I backed, like it was a, it was an expensive month for Kickstarter and everybody told me they were like, Oh, don't worry. Like December's going to be chill. No one does camp. Like not mm. anyone does campaigns before Christmas. And that's a, that's bullshit. There are so <laughs> many all my favorite people are doing campaigns right now. You are Charlie Stickney is um, there's the new tart campaign and like uh, uh, John Lee's as, as a, as the new uh, uh, sync issue or no, it's not sync. It's the, it's the prelude to sync. Um, but like there are all these great Kickstarters out right now. Uh, and, and I was, I was like, man, like, and, and some of them are like some money backers. Like I, mm -hmm. I really want this Kevin Hughes or this Hughes uh, sketch from Charlie right. Stickney's campaign. And, uh, John Lee's got me for a hundred bucks, I think. And it's just like, <laughs> it's like, man, you don't think about it. Right. You're like, Oh, right. yeah, I want, 
I want the sketch and the hardcover and this. And then like two weeks rolls around and Kickstarter's like, pay up, bucko. And it's like, oh, <laughs> shit. Like <laughs> I've played a dangerous game with my bank account, but I love it. I've as a consumer, I have changed the way I buy comics. Uh, mm. I don't, you know, I'm lucky enough. I get a lot of review copies. So like a lot of the new indie stuff, I don't get anything from the big two. Cause I'm not, you know, hot, hot dogging it like that yet. But, you know, I, I get a lot of review copies. I'm very lucky and I get to put more of my money towards crowdfunding and like fancy, cool hardcover editions now and omnibuses, which is my preferred way of buying stuff. And so like I get a, like most of my new comics are kickstart comics. I love it which is why like the last couple of days have been crazy. Cause it's just like, what's going to happen. Uh, we'll get, we'll get to that later, but yeah. So December's crazy and there's just so much talent out there and, and you're one of them and you've got a really great sci-fi saga, which you are, I love the scope of it. It's so big. Like Thanks, it's, <laughs> it's so fucking big. Um, you juggle a larger cast. Well, uh, you know, and, and, and you don't like you you when the scenes jump around you you do you structure it well too like it it doesn't like disorient the reader which if in a comic like this if you weren't careful that could be something that happens you know with when you when you jump from from scene to scene from planet to planet from ship to ship characters to characters you know and uh, and but you do that really well and you and you juggle these these uh, elements really well. But this has been your baby for a while. Like so you yeah. started with Ajax on as a webcomic, right? Correct. Back in uh, March was it of 2020 is when it came out. OK, so you've been working on this is a, this is a you've been working on this for a couple of years now, basically. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We've been we've been working on it for a long time. Francesco Mazzoli and I, who's the artist for Alpha and I made Ajax with. Um, an Italian artist named Jacopo Callisti and a uh, colorist, uh, Novita Tessalonica. So, and uh, the colorist on Alpha is Marco D'Alessandro. And we've all been just working on this thing for <laughs> literally over almost two years now and uh, probably have another year and a half, two years before we get to the end. Um, but uh, it's been a, a fun, fun journey and it's really fun to, you know, learn and sort of cut our teeth together uh, on the sci-fi saga. When you started on the webcomic part. Okay. So I am very ignorant about webcomics. I've just kind mm. of started getting into them. Uh, like I got some referrals for like webtoon stuff. I've, I've checked out some of that. I don't understand how you make free comics because as much as i appreciate it like oh cool i get to read this for free on my tablet or my phone like you still have to pay these people you still have to pay these artists these letters like there's right. money exchanging hands Do, is there a way to generate money from these web comics like or, or is it like how does that work Right. So, I mean, first of all, those were more, mostly a labor of love. So uh, and I never really expected to get anything back from those. But there's always people that want, um, you know, just the digital PDF of something just to have. Okay. So there's ways to just sell that as, um, as add ons, which I'm doing with my current campaign. So if you wanted to have it in your digital collection, you could. Um, and it doesn't ever stop me from collecting them, maybe doing some sort of remix um, and releasing it at, uh, physically as well. Um, so there's mo there's other ways to to generate some some money off of it on the back end. But for the most part, it, it really was just a, a labor of love. It was uh, mostly just me trying to tell a story and get it out there and get in front of people's people's eyes. And um, it wasn't until Alpha that I decided, okay, how we're going to try and do this more economically, more business oriented 
while also trying to tell the story that I really wanted to. Okay. I will say I, I, I dig the art in, in Ajax in the web, in the web comic, but the, I mean, it's, I feel like with your Kickstarter, you've ramped up production. Like the, everything is just a little, well, I mean, oh, it's, it's a different artist, so it's going to look different, but I really dig the art. Um, I, I love their, I don't want to say inconsistency as an insult, but like sometimes when you like zoom out, right. When you get like a big, like environmental splash or something like mm. the architecture is so detailed, like there's so many little details in this, in these, in this new world architecture, this futuristic architecture and the, and the vehicles like floating right. about the pages and stuff. But then, but sometimes like with the characters, uh, you know, like the, the details in like the, a face may, may not be as intense as the surroundings it's mm. and i i like that it's different and it works mm. really well you still for the like the emotional beats and the action and stuff you mm. get the you get enough physical features for the emotion and stuff but it's it's interesting right. how your artist uh where he pays their attention to detail is really cool and it's different and it uh it, it's exciting because it like it, it draws your eye uh to like a vehicle or a or a uh, building instead of say like a character in panel uh, and i like that sense of direction it's it's really uh it's it's very cool like i don't get that a lot like i'm, I'm guided by detail it's 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 badass right that's definitely just something that Matsuo is really good at he's got a really strong sense of storytelling so he knows when he knows when to ramp it up he knows when to go really heavy with the detail when it's time to go really big with this one scene where we're going to see all this architecture or we're going to see um this really intense spatial space scene or something like that um, he's really good with um, scope and scale and perspective. Um, and he's also good at knowing when to pull back, as you were saying, um, because not every time you, you, don't, you don't need everything to be as detailed when the story beat is somewhere else, where it's sort of the story beat is on um, seeing how crazy this architecture is. You don't need it's not about what these people look like right now until it is. And when it needs to be, then it's then it's there. So it's it's all part of his style, but it's also part of being practical and how you use your time when you're actually creating these things. Mazzoli is probably one of the fastest artists I've ever worked with. And I, I'd be shocked if I ever work with someone as fast as him <laughs> um, in the future, because we just finished Alpha 4, um, a 50-page book, and he cleaned through that in two, two and a half months. Wow. Um, he's so, so he's, good to be that fast, so too. That's he's crazy. He's so good, and it's also his best work ever. So it's it's he's got his, his his process just down, and he's hitting his stride, and he's knowing exactly what he, he needs to do. He knows when it's time to dial it in, when it's time to pull it back just enough so that you can get the work done um, and move on to the next page and have it meet that level of quality that uh, a reader is expecting. Uh, and that's just, that's just Francesco Mazzoli. I mean, he's, he's a, uh, he's a legend in the making. I, I like to say. Yeah. He's, he's a rock star. You, you have a really great team, like colors, uh, le I'm, the letters in, in, uh, in alpha are exceptional. Like uh, right. I, I love like, I, I, it's a bummer that letters only get noticed usually when they're bad. You know, that's when, mm. that's when typically when people notice them is when right. like you, they have a hard time reading something or a weird font or weird, weird placement, you know? Um, right. Or, you know, if it gets too cluttered and you never have any issues like that uh, in, in Saturn effect, it's so polished. It's so well done. And that was another kind of shocker to me. Cause it felt like um, it, it, when I backed two, uh, cause I was, you gave me a review copy for one and I backed mm. two 
And then I backed, I, I'm back in this one now and I'm, I'm, I'm ponying up for the physicals. Cause I want them. Like, <laughs> right. I want the, they're, I want the real really ones. nice. Uh, they're, I got a couple right here. They're really nice in person. Um, oh, wow. They're shiny. They're shiny, nice, high quality, um, really good stuff. You know, got a, got a little red sea branding on it. It's, it's, a, it's, they're really nice books. So yeah, money well spent. I'd, I'd like to think. <laughs> That's one of my favorite parts about Kickstarter. I've said it many times. Um, you know, it's it's funny to, or I guess it's not funny. It's kind of aggravating, actually. Like, like new comics, like you pay, you know, three or four bucks and they, they come with like moisture weaves and like the mm. fucking covers are the same thickness as the pages. And it's like, it's like, you know, and, and I get it, mm. you know, they're printing you know tens of thousands hundreds of thousands right. of these things so you they, they want to save every penny they get but that's one of my favorite parts about kickstarter is yes there's a little bit of a price hike and then yes you pay for shipping but you're getting cardstock covers you're getting nice thick pages that you have to check right. to make sure two pages aren't stuck together and then you're just like no this, this is just like solid paper stock i love that like i nerd out over that it's a pleasure to read um you know and i, I like it i like sliding them in the bags and boards and you're like right. you know if, you, if you're filling up that bag and board you know it's like <laughs> right uh but yeah so that's one of the things another thing i really like about kickstarter and just you know the fact that it's just crazy what's out there uh so the the freedom you guys have to tell your own story um you know you can't you can't really do a kickstarter unless you love you love what you're doing right because you're right you know like i like to think i'm a fun interview but if if you got to talk to like 10 of me in a week or two weeks you know <laughs> right. like eventually like you're gonna be like these people ask me the same things over and over again and you have to like be polite you know and be like yeah and act excited about it even though you, you know you're like man, i had a long day too man like you know i don't give a shit <laughs> you, know, you can't do that in an interview. and and but i mean you gotta like I always look at like David Popose who does like mm. 40, 50 interviews a campaign and he's just a machine. Right. Uh, I don't think he sleeps, you know, but, and it's, so you got, you guys got to do your own promo. You got to, you got to be online. You got to, you got to get the, everything out there yourself on top of making the product on uh, shipping the product. You, so all this stuff you, you put on your own shoulders and to add the stressors to that, you know, even with the freedom, even with the, I don't have to fuck with finding a publisher. Oh, you want to tell me, no, I'm going to do this anyway. Like that rockstar attitude is awesome, but there's a lot of extra work on you and your team to get these products polished and done. Um, like your, your, your new one control Z, like that's going to be Kickstarter too. Right. Right. Yeah. So for, first I just wanted to say shout out to Reed Hinckley Barnes, who's the letter on everything that I've done. So he's, uh, he's also, not only is he consistent, he's also very versatile. So he's the letter on the sound effect. He's also the letter on like all of the Saturn Effect issues, this um, Soma City, which is what my noir comic, uh, and Control Z and uh, other comics to come. So, shout out to Reed. Um, I don't know when you're going to put up this this episode, but he's also getting married this weekend. So, congrats, oh, nice. buddy. Um, hope hope you two have a have a great time. And um and and yeah, I mean the it's definitely a lot right uh, trying to do the whole Kickstarter thing by yourself. Um, but. At the same time, it's not by yourself because there's this whole indie community. And then I have my whole team. Um, and then I have everybody that's in the Red Sea. And we're always sort of pushing each other. And all the artists are always trying to make each other better, telling each other what what's working, what's not. And it's, you know, it's coming from a place of um, where, you know, everyone's putting in the same amount of time and the same amount of effort. So it's it, it's definitely a lot. 
um, but it's it's not anything unmanageable. And uh, it's I mean, this is the new age of 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 indie. I mean, this is how I also buy all my comics. If you look at how many uh, I back, I back quite a few um, Kickstarters also. So I also enjoy getting the really nice, um, thick uh, comic books, the high quality stuff. Um, that's definitely worth a little bit more money. But you know, it's coming from the person that sent it. When they put it in the bag and board, you can feel the love. Yeah. Um, as and it's it's definitely a great thing. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Kickstarter. I mean, but at the same time, there's a lot going on in Kickstarter, as you've alluded to. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard to say. It's hard to say. And then also David Popose, um, he's definitely got a lot on his shoulders because he has people like me hitting him up being like, hey, am I doing this right? How do I, how do I get as good as you, dude? <laughs> I did. I did the same thing because I've interviewed him a couple times and I'm getting right. ready to, to pitch for the Band of Bards horror anthology. Nice. And I'm like fucking terrified and like i have an artist and i like i like his work and he actually nice. this, uh he he like hit me up like when he saw like i had an idea on twitter he was like we have to do this together and i was like seriously like Dope. all right and so yeah so, but now i have to like write this fucking pitch right and so like <laughs> i kind of asked i was like hey man like can you send me like a couple scripts just so I can look at them? And then dude, he, he was like, kind of like, what are you doing? And I told him. And so he sent me a couple scripts and then he like talked to me about like the beat outlines and, mm. and like, oh, and I was like, Oh my God. I was like, I, I can't mm. believe this fucking rock star is just like yeah. helping out a podcaster. Like <laughs> he's a nice guy. He's super awesome. Um, I, that, That's what I love about this Kickstarter community is uh, like I mentioned earlier, November and December were really busy, but it's not a competition. Mm. Like everybody wants everybody to succeed. It's not right. like a Marvel and DC numbers game. You know, it's, it's just, everybody's happy to be there. Everybody's happy to support each other. Uh, when I interviewed Fellhound, she talked about like, it's everybody has like the same $20 that just gets passed around <laughs> right. in these like huge circles. And, right. and it's just awesome. And it's, it's like, it's this, warm comfy like hot springs pond in the midst of this like nerd paradise and and it's i love it and i had no idea when all this started that uh the blog and and the podcast that it was going to turn into like a kickstarter celebration it just kind of it, it happened uh accidentally and it was exciting and it i had fun like you know talking about comics that i was excited about and i always joke with people and tell them like everybody's like blake you're like thank you so much for doing this and i'm like i'm just a selfish asshole like i just want these comics <laughs> like i figured like yeah i'm gonna pay for them but like i want this shit to get funded like i will be annoying about it i will help you be annoying about it like i'll put the blast out there and, mm. and do stuff that i can and, and do the interviews and yeah because i want these things for my shelf and i want to read them and I, I want i want more of them i want more saturn effect i'm really excited that it's uh th that you're splintering it off into uh, different viewpoints, um, which I, again, I would like to, to talk about. So w with this new one, we mm. have Helena and right. we get, so, so basically, you know, Helena is the pilot that destroys the space station that, that, uh, Alpha and his sister's parents died on. Right. That's correct. Okay. I was yeah. pretty sure I had that right, but I was like, right. I was like, man, if I'm like, I was like, no, this, this right. would be the time I'm when playing. I'm missing something. <laughs> uh but so like i i really dig that i really dig how 
we don't really know like who the bad guys are. I mean, they're they, these like weird monster cops from earth are definitely the bad guys, but we see like both sides of this military conflict. Um, you know, when I read the first issue of Saturn effect alpha, it was really fucking intense. Cause like on, I'm like reading this comic about like people getting shot and these protesters getting put down mm. by police. And then you turn on the TV and there's like real life protesters getting tear gassed and shit. Uh, it happened even here in Kansas city. Like these, these cops right. tear gassed our, our Plaza district, like our, our hoity toity fancy pantsy shopping district got tear gassed. All that shit was going down when I read Saturn effect initially and I was just like, Whoa. And now you, you mentioned that you guys are, you're pretty quick on production. Like, was that, was that happenstance or, or was, or like, did you guys get it done fast enough where like you were watching the news and, and put this in the, in the literature too? Uh, it's, it was actually more that has been going on for more than a year. And that's why it just happened to line up because it's when it, <laughs> I, I wrote Alpha back in 2020, back around March when I released Ajax. Okay. Um, and, it, you know, it takes a little while for these things to come out. So by the time it got into people's hands, it was, um, you know, 2021. Um, so it, these things just continue to happen, really. But it, it it is a contemporary problem that we sort of see through a futuristic view. Um, and Alpha, I wrote initially as a one shot that, uh, branched off into this eight uh, issue sort of uh, series that we uh, journey that we're going on right now. So, um, but yeah, it, it was, it, these things were going on when I wrote it and they just happened to continue to go on. <laughs> and so they continue to stay relevant and, you know, they might continue to stay that way. I mean, hopefully, hopefully not. But um, I think uh, um, if 2020 and 2021 were any indication, uh, the rest of the 2020s are going to be kind of bumpy and rocky. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I sometimes, man, and I feel bad saying this. I, I feel like it's these fucking COVID variants that is the is some of the reason why we're not like. I mean, these, mm. these like huge protests, well, I mean, a people died and, and it scared the mm. shit out of people. And then the whole capital thing too. But, you know, I, I think the, the fear of, of, of spreading this virus with the, with the new variants and stuff. And, and I say that too. And we, I mean, like we're starting to have concerts again and stuff now, so maybe I'm full mm. of shit, but I mean, I've, I just, I feel like some of this, uh, these, these new like Omicron's got a sister variant now. And it's just like, we're not getting rid of this shit and then it's it's you know it's it's finally mm. turning into a deal of like hey we got to be smarter um and and change mm. you know change kind of the way we do things uh, out mm. out and outside you know and i've wondered if that's some of the reasons why um you know we're not seeing as much of the protesting stuff also like you know mm. you, 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 who controls the media right like the, i you mm. i'm sure we don't as 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 widespread as as like the media is and and how nosy people are and everybody's got a cell phone. I, I don't know, man. It's just, it, it, it was weird to me that like so much was happening and then it kind of stopped and, right. and, and, and nothing changed. We had an election, right? But it, I, I mean, it, America's not the fucking promised land that, that like right. we want it to be. Right. So it's, it's not like everybody's happy and safe and, and comfy now, but yeah, it, it's, it's interesting to me and, and cool that uh, so many people are, I mean, we just, we live in this crazy world now and, and it's, it's interesting to see uh, you creatives, like put that into your narratives, how they, how they play about. 
uh yours the saturn effect is so intense and deep and layers it's it's uh it's a blooming onion it's 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 not a blooming onion. it's a fresh onion that you're slicing and it makes you tear up because it's so intense like just the you know the uh the the sex of the of the you know the the, the pures and the and the people that were uh like genetically manipulated and right. then we get that like that that relationship now uh with with the the one brother and the right the, bones and enhanced yeah and uh and and again you know like i'm all about hot naked aliens and comics and so <laughs> right. that's awesome but i like the i like the statement that you have behind that there's there's so much that this is what really impresses me about saturn effect there's so much in each issue and it it could like i said earlier it could be so easy to get lost or or to be too busy but you like walk that line so well is it hard like when you write this when you're structuring it and when you're talking to your artists and stuff and, and you're laying it out like has that been a struggle with you to say what you want to say about this society and the, and the mirroring aspect that it has to the our everydayness right now like do you sometimes find yourself wanting to do too much and you have to pull back or has that just kind of happened naturally for you i would say that the siren effect is where i did said kind of fuck it to all of that and just went went all that this is the most indulgent that you'll probably see any of my stories for a little <laughs> while um it's one of the first but it's also definitely the most indulgent i definitely um told the story exactly how i wanted to tell the story um and I, it's been written for a little while now and so mitzoli's just getting through the pages and getting through the different scripts uh like i said just finished issue four uh, on to issue five and that means we have about four left before the end and um and, and yeah it's it's uh, how i walk that line it's hard to say i guess it's uh, these are things that i wanted to say and i've always wanted to tell stories in a sort of coded fashion uh i come from um, a poetry background i also was an english major so sort of like reading the what the quote unquote classics and things like that um and and reading certain types of poetry that i liked i I'm really into that aspect of coding sort of messages and sort of um, just also using your contemporary um, the now for in influencing your stories about the future, which is also common of like Cold War era sci-fi things or just sci-fi in general, taking technologies that people are talking about right now and thinking about them broadcasting into the future. Um, and just like layering that in with the different sort of story character arcs that I have. A lot of the characters, uh, if we're thinking about craft, a lot of the characters that I have, um, their backgrounds serve a function for telling of some of the exposition of the world. Uh, so like enhanced is a, a modified who are genetically altered humans that are made to work on whatever different projects that the earth or the human empires are is working on at that time. And so to introduce that that aspect of the universe, the modified, uh, I have this character and just like I want to introduce the pure and how they are also genetically modified. Um, I have these twins bones and glass that allow us to just see their side and see how maybe they see themselves as different from the modified, but in, in, tr in reality, they're both the same. Um, and it, it's just, these are just techniques that I've 
sort of picked up or developed, like sort of thought that these are this is the best way to tell a story. And by using the different characters and their backgrounds and um, the, what they're going through to really give us the just the right amount of exposition that you need to understand what's going on right now. Um, uh, I feel like that's how I was sort of able to walk the line. Um, and, you know, if you want a huge exposition bomb, you're not going to get that. You're only going to get the sort of the drip feed that uh, that I, I want to give you. But I, I think it keeps it manageable for readers. So you're not just like, wait, what's all of this, all this jargon, like all this history? It's it's too much. Um, it's It could already be too much when you have just a little bit. So, you know, keeping it just enough so that you can be in the scene and feel like you're immersed and feel like you're right there next to Alpha and Centauri as they're in the, the depths of the mega station or you're with bones and enhanced when they're on uh, the surface of Titan or something like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, first, like the, you're a good, you're a good world builder. Uh, it, it's not, uh, it's, it's never a chore to read. Like you said, like, well, first of all, I don't know anybody who wants a, a crap ton <laughs> of exposition in a comic right. now in prose, right? Like uh, not, if you were writing like some crazy, you know, multi-novel science fiction epic yes like you know a lot of times like we 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 crave that or not maybe right. maybe we don't crave it but we kind of we need it right yeah especially we lack the visual whereas like you're able to put a face to the world mm. building right like you said you give us these different types of characters that show us and not just tell us about the different aspects of this futuristic world that you've made and this ongoing conflict and how you know, it's it's funny because it nothing. There's no aliens yet. I mean, I there I'm I feel like there may be something coming, right? You know, like we're, <laughs> you've alluded to some other stuff, which I don't want to spoil. You know, for for new readers or people that may be coming onto mm. this campaign fresh, because I will mention that your campaign pricing is very fair. Your uh, catch up tiers are super affordable, especially if you go digital. Um, but also like, I, man, the, the four issue bundle is, is just over 20 bucks or right at with shit. Right. Like it's, it's super affordable that, especially yeah. with other Kickstarters and you could have charged more. I, I, I'm, I don't know if I should tell you that or not, but mm. <laughs> your, your comic is good enough and pretty enough and polished enough. Like you could have charged more for it and you didn't. So like, Folks, listeners, like I really encourage you to check out this campaign and, and back it because it's it's uh, it's not going to break your wallet. It might break your heart a little bit because of just the emotional intensity of, of what's going on within these pages. But it's in a good way. It's, uh, it, it's uh, it makes you sweat. It makes you nervous. It makes you look at the world around you and question our own future, which I'm pretty sure that's what great sci fi does. It makes us, you know, as foreign an alien as as the science fiction gets um you know it, it makes us look at the now right and analyze it differently and think about it differently and 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 freak out about our own future that's what <laughs> right. i mean that I, I don't know you know like, I'm, I'm obsessed with phil dick and like uh and yeah. you know the, just the same way of like you know it, uh like do androids dream of electric sheep is one of my yep. favorite is one of my favorite novels and and the you know i love that the movies and stuff have spun out of it and cartoon network has a really stylish new anime uh that right. looks really cool i haven't got to check it out yet though but um you know i i love that sense of like the the unknown uh the you know who's real and who's not what is human and what isn't 
I think you play with that in a really interesting way too, uh, with the different kinds of beans. Uh, mm -hmm. And you also, and, and I'm, so I, I'm a Catholic boy, right? So like I was raised Catholic, went to private school. So mm -hmm. like when you brought in the religion aspect and like issues two and three, like, I was like, yep, mm -hmm. you got me. I was like, mm -hmm. I love it when people bring in religion and narratives as a way to critique it and as a way to sometimes vilify it. I don't know if that's where you're going with it yet, but mm. I just enjoy, I enjoy that. Uh, the, the repression of my childhood, like <laughs> I'm able to like shrug that off and be like, yeah, let's fucking party. Uh, anyway. Right. So I'm also, I'm also a Catholic boy. I was also raised Catholic. So, that's funny. Uh, so yeah. I, so we're both English majors. Uh, so like yeah. I, I was, when I went to grad school, I was in an MFA program. I started on the poetry side, switched to fiction. Uh, and then I have a B I have a BA in creative writing. So that's funny. So like okay, two, cool. two Catholic boys, two English nerds yeah, <laughs> uh, and both, both love comics. That's funny. Yep. It's funny how life turns out when, when you were in, when you were on like the poetry side of stuff, like, um, did you like, when did you know you wanted to read comics or not read comics? Like, were, did you always want to write a comic or did it kind of, happen after the fact like how how'd that start so comics so i'm i'm like a child of the 90s so by the time like by the time we're in the like uh, the early 2000s late 90s like comic book everything ip is everywhere by then um it, it still wasn't what it is now but like there was you know batman animated shows x-men animated shows uh static shock i mean Justice League I, can you can go on and on and on about all the different cartoons and that were just on television that were car, that were comic books so they've always been around I mean I, I loved Batman like I, I loved Batman so early that I couldn't even say Batman when I was trying to say Batman I <laughs> like my uncle always uh, reminds me that I used to call him Bodine I don't know where you get Bodine from <laughs> Batman but like <laughs> that's how young I was when I was just like enamored with this caped psychopath but i mean um it's i mean yeah um comic books have, have always been sort of just in uh, around me so I, I didn't know exactly when i was going to 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 do a comic like i didn't know when i was writing poetry i was just writing i still write poetry you know when i whenever I, I find the muse but um at the time when i was really into it uh, i just wrote very visually i always write visually even my prose are very visual things so um it, I, at some point once i got to comic books when i once i fell back into it because i was always into manga um but I, I wasn't really into reading as much comics as i i started to be once i got to college um but uh yeah I, I've, I've always written visually my prose are visual as i said so it, it just became a, a very it made sense it made sense when i started writing it that was like oh this is the medium that I've been I've been waiting for honestly <laughs> like this is this clicks so well with everything that I want to do I can I can write visually and that's perfect for whoever I'm giving the script to because it'll be like oh I see that and then they draw it and it's perfect and it's exactly what we need to tell the story and keep it moving and and push forward and and bring people along for you know a fast-paced immersive story um with these expansive worlds and and deep characters that they can uh um, fall in love with so I mean when when did I find that out it, it wasn't until um, after I stopped writing poetry um, you know more consistently uh, after I graduated college that I was like all right I'm going to start writing comic books um, but when I was writing poetry I, as I said I was writing a lot of visual type things because my favorite uh, poets were the romantics so like 
Samuel Taylor Coleridge was my boy. So like, <laughs> just anything where it's like, um, you know, waxing on like nature or what the scenery or, of, is looking like. That's always been the stuff that I really like. So it's always worked its way into into my writing to make it very visual. And and as I said, that, that made it really easy to transition into comics and um, also writing like screenplays and things like that. I've always thought that for those lucky enough to write poetry, because not a lot of people can think they can write poetry but you, you know there's right. you know like there's the, you can be emotional and like but right. a lot of people don't know how to use line breaks a lot of people don't you know uh the the like you mentioned that the focus on the image you know the image is so important right like mm. in a in a in a short condensed you know piece of writing um it's it's a gift uh and i've always thought that I, i'm not saying like i'm the, an amazing writer but like i you know, like, I think I'm okay sometimes. And <laughs> I do think that poetry helped me because one of the major things that I learned with poetry moving into fiction and that I've taken into, you know, my own kind of like, this was told to me, I don't, I'm not calling myself a gonzo writer, but like two comic pros that I really like have told me that my comic reviews are, are very like, wild and gonzo and i was like that's mm. the fucking coolest thing anyone's ever said to me <laughs> uh and but like you know that the idea or the the notion of like condense 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 and mm. poetry is all about condensing your prose right. uh because you you want to be you know a, a writer must be verbose right like we have to be we have to use words to convey our thoughts but right you can very easily use too many. And so that idea of like how to condense every line, make every line important uh, to, to use image and metaphor uh, quickly and succinctly and, and impactfully when you can, when you're good at that, when you know how to do that, if you can apply that to script writing, uh, comic writing, short stories, other kinds of prose, like it changes how you think textually. And I think that makes right. you a better writer. And so that that's cool that like my theory is now you've proved my theory, right? I'm basically a literary theorist now <laughs> yes. and I'm going to put that on my resume. Yeah. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, yes, I, I feel do. like I feel like poetry in, in impacts prose in such a weird way that some of us that have dabbled in those realms you know, not everybody can do that. And so I, I think that gives us a little, a little flair, you know, that a little spark that other people don't have. So that's cool that, that I like that, that is some, uh, I like how that's building your, your sci-fi opera <laughs> across this like multiple tapestry. Now going back, you mentioned issue four is going to be 50 pages, but Correct. And is that gonna, so alpha? Is that going to be four issues or is that going to be five? That's going to be eight. eight oh, issues. so Al, okay. So and eight then four. what about what about the the splinter? What about Helena? Like how many will that be? Well, the, it, it's a little bit of a spoiler for for what we for what I have to come, but um, for right now, pro, you can uh, expect about uh, at least three. Okay. At least three. So um, you still got a long way to go then. There's the. Uh, there's more after the Saturn effect ends in in Alpha Eight, but there's more to the story. Awesome. So that's all I'll say to that. That's exciting because I kept I don't know why I I must have uh, not listened well <laughs> when, I, <laughs> when we were messaging, but for some reason I thought it was going to be like four or five issues, and so when I read mm. issue three, 
I was like, man, he's, he's got a lot, he's got some loose ends. He's going to have to tie up quickly, but that that's cool. Like, I'm glad mm. you've given yourself that amount of time. Uh, Cause mm. I think this is, I, I like uh, the it's, it's quit. It's got a fast pace, you know, and, but I, I would really hate for you to rush anything. So I'm mm. glad you've like given yourself and plan that out. Cause I, man, I just want, I want to get all of this, you know, and, and I, 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 you've got to back her out of me. Like I'll be there. Awesome. You've, you've, you've suckered me in with your genius, with your genius <laughs> plot and, and your futuristic, you know, the, the futuristic dread that like keeps me up at night, you mm. know, wondering if like the world will ever get better. And then I read books like yours and I'm like, we're fucked. like i i think it's you know i I don't want to like lift you up too high you know but Mm. i mean like it's a it's a prolific tale man it's uh you know it's it's nothing's cliche but you're you you take a lot of things that we know like it's very universally adaptable uh for various readers um Mm. you know men women in between uh you you've got you've got talks about like you know genders and bodies and genetics um uh sex and religion you you've got all this in this comic you you're saying a lot of important stuff and i'm i'm really excited to stay with this narrative and i like that you are releasing them like you're popping them out man you got you got these buns in the oven you're you're throwing them out on the kitchen table man and it's like uh, some, some Kickstarter campaigns, you know, like they have these big stories, but you're there months and months in between each, each narrative, you know, when you think about like shipping and production and stuff, and mm-hmm. you've, you've figured out how to kind of avoid that. Um, what is your secret? Like, tell us, like, how do we, uh, are, do you like, do you have like a really cool, a really good, like relationship with like a printer? Uh, cause I, like, <laughs> I mean, it's just, I mean, you said your artist is, is fast, but I mean, there's mm. still the, when things are finished, you gotta, you gotta send it out. You gotta get the proofs. You right. gotta make sure they look good. Then you gotta print then you gotta ship. You're, you're really quick with all this. Right. Yeah. So I, I've been using Mixum as my printer and they are in Maryland, I believe. And I'm in New York. So it's, I mean, I get my stuff from them very quickly and they've been, um, they've been very communicative communicative with me whenever there's like a problem or anything like that so uh when it comes to like printing things out it it hasn't been too difficult it also you know takes you have to take into like account like all the shipping different and and things like that i, I chose mix them because they're american um or they i i don't know if they're american but they do have america uh, you know different stations in america so uh, that definitely cuts out any of like the wait time from shipping overseas and any of like the potential, like, oh my God, where's my, where are my books? They're somewhere lost in the Pacific or lost in the Atlantic. <laughs> um, and that you, who knows when you'll see them. Um, so that's how I get them out printed out um, relatively quickly. We do, rel- we do short runs. I mean, whatever we need to cover um, the, the most recent Kickstarter. And then the rest I usually take to um, either the next Kickstarter or to a comic convention like I did with uh, New York Comic Con uh, this past fall or this past um, October. And um, and yeah, I mean, the colors is also very fast. Marco D'Alessandro, like both of them, Francesco and Marco are like, they just like mesh like this. They're really good friends. They're like best friends. So they were a package deal. And um, 
and yeah, and so it, the the work comes out quickly. Reed is very quick at what he does, so I highly recommend Reed if anyone needs a letterer. Um, and 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 yeah, so we just we're just pumping them out. And like I said, it's all been written for them. I've I'm also like a quick writer. Like uh, I have a lot of stories to tell. So um, and I, I want I want to get this one out. Like I I want everyone to be where I am with the sound effect. <laughs> I want I want people to be like, dude, this part, and I want to be like, yeah, that part, dude. And then they'll be like, yo, dude, this part, and I want to be like, yeah. That that part dude yeah that one was that one was really good i'm glad you liked it so i mean um i'm glad you enjoy man um i hope you enjoy the next issue i hope you enjoy issues one through three once you have them in your hands you can see them and flip through them um and i mean stick around for the rest i mean volume volume one is about to end and uh volume two is even crazier even crazier i fucking hate it when you guys do that (laughs) when you're like Oh, you liked you liked issues one through four. Oh well, fucking five is gonna make your dick grow two inches. It's gonna give you a mound of chest hair. Yeah. Like what? Like I, I always I, I get excited, you know, but it's just like it's like ah, I don't want to wait. I need you things now. You won't have to wait that long. Don't worry. Issue five, tentatively, we're aiming for the summer. So wow, all right. So you won't even have to wait that long, buddy. So how how did you meet this creative team that you jive so well mm. with? Uh, these you said the artists and the colorists were kind of like a pair, so you brought yeah. them on. Uh, Reed, you've got an exceptional letterer uh, who does mm. really great. Like, like I said, man, the the folks that get this comic that you will you, i when i said earlier that like you usually only notice bad lettering you will notice this really cool lettering it's it's mm. stylish it's futuristic it's so perfect for the narrative uh but it's all it's clean um you know the the dialogue looks great the the thought bubbles look great um how how'd you meet these people like where'd that let us know like for 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 people like us that maybe want to mm. meet creatives in the future like how do you how do you, you pick out the gems? So it it all started from comic book collabs on Reddit, um, where I found Jacopo and I found Novita and where I found Reed and we all made uh, the sound effect Ajax, uh, as I said back in back in March of 2020. Um, so that's where I met all of them. Uh, I met Francesco through Jacopo because we, Jacopo was drawing Ajax two at the time, and I had written, as I said, um, Alpha as a spinoff. Just I was going to do one issue, and I was like. Well, I, I, well, let's. I need somebody to do this, but you're drawing this, so I need. So you know anyone that would want to, you know, hop in on the on the universe? And he introduced me to Francesco, um, and Francesco was jived with it immediately. He loved it. I mean, uh, he sketched out a couple characters, and I was like, he sketched out Alpha, and I was like, man, this is crazy. I mean, I love this. Um, and then he was like, I have a colorist who's a good friend of mine, Marco. And then we, that's how I met Marco. And almost all the, the people I work with have been word of mouth. Um, you've seen Control Z. So Ricardo, it was also recommended to me by Francesco. Um, and, and he, Ricardo, you know, Ricardo's just like, uh, if you've seen from, uh, he's just nuts. He's crazy. He's just like, yeah, he's otherworldly with, with how good he is. So, um, it's been, it's a lot of word of mouth and it's also a lot of, um, the, you know, the, me adapting my writing style to, to the different teams, um, to the different people to like, hopefully, um, not just with whatever the story is, but like with how it's written and how the information is displayed. And if it's like a looser script or if it's like a tighter, like more strict um, guided script for for whatever the artist would need. I think that really helps building these relationships because they're like, okay, this person wants to work with me. And like, not 
they don't want me to work for them. They want to work with me. And, and I think that's really important. Um, when we're you, when you're trying to meet people and, and forge these connections with creators and having them stay on for a long time. I mean, uh, it's, I mean, like I said, Francesco has been working with me for like almost two years. So, um, and Marco doesn't only color, uh, alpha. He's also the colorist on TSC Helena that I'm making with, uh, him and Christian Wolf. Um, who drew another book that I have, Soma City, that you could also get as an add-on, physical and digital, at uh, on my Kickstarter. Um, and, and yeah, so it's it's all about it's. Th- this is where I started. I mean, online, basically everywhere: Instagram, Reddit, um, Twitter. You just gotta make those connections to jump into people's inboxes and say, "Hey, what's up? I have a project," or <laughs> like, "I love your stuff," and you just like start a conversation, and you know, you build those relationships, and uh, eventually, you know, you can start having a project with somebody. Um, and you go from there. I can see that because I've, um, as I guess, someone who's not like I would love to write a comic, but like I said, I'm working on a pitch. I've mm-hmm. got some ideas, but like, yeah, the 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 whole Blake's Buzz phenomenon is like <laughs> I've de- I've definitely been like just because I have access to so much more literature and comic mm-hmm. literature than than I would, you know, like people are like, hey, read this, check this out, and then and then you know, like I know how to kiss like the right amount of ass where like. <laughs> You know, like I, you're like, okay, I'll talk to this guy for an hour and a half. Uh, he's making me feel good, but he's not weirding me out. Right. right. So, like, <laughs> so, so like I've, I've noticed, I've started noticing that like with artists where I'm like, holy shit. And they're like, oh my God, dude, thanks. And I'm like, I'm going to keep your name like in the Rolodex. Yeah. Like if, if I ever have like, and I've had like a couple people like just talking and they've been like, oh yeah, if you ever do something, I'll do a print for you. And I'm like, what? Like, mm. like I, I'm a fucking comic reviewer and podcaster and, and artists are like asking to work with me when I like have nothing. And I'm like, mm. okay, that's cool. Like, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, again, like, it's, I think that speaks to the Kickstarter community and, mm. um, you know, and, and also like, I mean, Twitter gets a bad rap, uh, cause there's a, there's a dark side to it. There's a dark side to everything though. Right. Yeah. I mean, but I feel like Twitter's a little easier to, to stumble into that, uh, area. Um, mm. I also feel like it's, it's just the internet in general. It's, uh, you can get a lot of, you can get a lot of, uh, momentum being negative. And I feel like it's a little, like when people want to be positive and, 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 you know, be like a force, like a, a, a force of good, you know, like, 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 you know, comic Jedi, like, I feel like it's a little bit harder than if you're, it's mm. easy to like come out and shit on something. Right. And right. I always tell people when people send me stuff to review, you know, I'm like, Hey, like, here's the deal. Like if I don't like it, I'm just not going to review it. Cause mm. like, even if something's bad, like that's someone's baby. Mm. I'm not trying to shit on someone's baby. And that's right. what I tell people. And I know right. that's like, that's like a lot for that's an eyeful shitting on babies, but like mm. no one wants that. Right. But what's weird is people do want it. And I don't get that. Like I, yeah. I, I don't, I, I have no desire. Like I've, mm. you know, critiquing is one thing or, you know, right. like, but to like pick something apart and like try and make someone feel bad and right. never write a comic or draw a picture again. Like I don't, right. that's, I'm, that's not my jam. I don't want to do that. Luckily I didn't have to worry about that with you. So like your, your <laughs> stuff is just really good. Nice. Um, I've yet to, I, I don't know, it'd be really hard to like have someone on the show where I just like didn't like the book. Like, you right. know, like, yeah. <laughs> like, well, no one else asked to interview this month and eh, okay. Mm. And like a couple people have tried to come on and not give me anything to read too. And that's tough too. Like, I'm like, mm. I, you gotta, yeah, throw me a bone here, guys. Like we right. gotta have something to talk about. Um, 
I, I think one of the good things about the way I interview and talk to people is we, we talk about life and other stuff too. I think, you know, we talk about the work and um, right. talk about, talk about Kickstarter and just, you know, bullshit too. But, you know, I like to talk about the process, you know, like writing backgrounds, I, you know, how people think about characters and stuff, uh, you know, structure. And, you know, a lot of people don't talk about stuff like that. And I think it, I think it helps, you know, just like, Back in the day, I used to not ever want to read the uh, script pages there in the back of like the bonus features of the hardcovers. And now I'm like digging through my bookshelves like, oh, yeah, mm. like I want to read this Tom King script that he wrote and and see how he, you know, like to see how people write scripts. It's, it's incredibly helpful. And I would like to think that, we, you know, when we have these talks, like someone listens to it and we're helping them. It might just be me. I just like, I'm just writing down everybody's ideas and how to do shit. And then I'm mm -hmm. just going to, I'm just going to come out of the gate swinging one day. All right. <laughs> do, do like Charlie Stickney numbers on a Kickstarter. Damn. God willing. Right. <laughs> Taking all of our secrets. Yeah. That's, that's Blake's buzz, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, a, I'm like a vault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah. So we kind of, we've been kind of alluding to this about like uh, the Kickstarter climate and where things are going. And I am now even more intrigued because uh, to, your project is a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be longer, like more mm. parts. Right. So like you did, I did see you tweet like, and I respected this when you were like, Hey, like, I know this kind of sucks, but like, don't punish the indie creators. Like don't right. bail on this platform. Don't bail on us. Like, let's see what's going to happen. I feel like that's a dangerous part of the internet. When we, mm. when something changes, everybody flips out. Right. right. Um, we saw that with Substack. We saw right. that with, we're, we still see that with the NFT shit, right? Like right. everybody hates that, but it's not going away. And, right. and the people are learning to deal with it. And a lot right. of the artists that we respect are, are making those and making money on right. it. Um, so like when the, all this is going down, when the, the, uh, the blockchain news happened and the emails went out and every Everybody got on Twitter to, you know, voice their opinion of it. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, what are, are you, are you sweating? Are you like, you know, are you kind of like, you know, mm. let's see what happens or like you, you've got this saga planned out. Like, mm. you know, what, um, what, what's as a creator, like, what are you thinking right now? So uh, it's definitely um, probably too early to say exactly what's going to happen, obviously. So um, or even if it's like that big of a deal, I mean, uh, it's hard to say. I mean, it's everything gets really clickbaity, head headline title. You put NFT, crypto, anything in in a title, and it becomes um, a hot uh, a hot issue. And then also, <laughs> Twitter loves to to freak out. And also, comics Twitter is just like the most prone to freaking out of of all, <laughs> all freakouts. So we are I mean, an unstable bunch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all make comics, so we're all absolutely psychotic. So there's anything. <laughs> We'll, we'll trigger an episode and we'll just go on like a, a Twitter rampage and wake up three days later like, oh, my God, what have I been tweeting and retweeting? <laughs> but it's uh, so, so it's hard to um, say exactly what's going to happen, I think. Um, and it, it's hard to when you do have something that's planned as, as long as I do, I, I mean, hopefully i mean was hoping to and potentially will po probably still be using depending on how things go um the platform for the entire saga um so it's you know taking into taking that into account and thinking about okay what are other avenues i could take to if, if it becomes uh something that's untenable where it's like um most of the indie comics community doesn't want to use this website anymore or the i mean more details come out and it becomes something that 
doesn't you know make ethical sense if that's something that um most people decide is is uh legitimate or something like that um i i mean i don't want to make too many you know comments on nfts because <laughs> i do think there are like some i mean like i said i think it's a very uh hot buzzy sort of um headliney type of thing um and i do think there are actual uses for nfts that would are, are good for consumers um yeah so but and that doesn't you know, negate other, you know, environmental things. So uh, it's, it's hard to say, like, it's, it's probably too early um, to tell, but it definitely has me looking at other platforms. It's, it has me thinking about, okay, what, what's the difference between Kickstarter and Indiegogo then? Uh, or it's making me think about all these other platforms that you see indie creators tweeting about, like going towards, um, uh, I believe they're called Dauntless Stories, where they do have their own yeah. in-house um, kicks, like Kickstarter crowdfunding pl- platform or other um, like more private curated Kickstarter platform, or I'm sorry, crowdfunding platforms, if that's the way to go with it, or will everyone just start selling more directly on their on their own websites? Um, and will people, uh, the thing with Kickstarters and campaigns is it brings a lot of people and it's a call to action. So a lot of people, you'll get a lot more people um, sending you money and like buying your product than you would just like having it out on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, especially if you're like a smaller creator. Uh, that doesn't necessarily have the reach or the money for advertisements to continue to funnel large amounts of traffic towards your website. Um, so it's it's hard to say where we're going to go, where or what's what's going to happen. And there's a lot of things going on in everyone's mind right now. But I think you know probably just needs a little time to you know take a deep breath. Um, I mean we're we're still seeing what's going to happen with Substack even a few months later. Yeah. Um, so and and this Kickstarter thing isn't going to happen overnight. Um, and the, you know, from this, there are going to be other Kickstarter websites that um, I'm, I believe they're selling their 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 source code or something like that, they're, or uh, how they're how you make the the secret sauce of a Kickstarter, basically. <laughs> so like, there's going to be other platforms that come out even after this that none of us even know about that might be the thing that takes over. I think what we know for a fact is crowdfunding isn't going anywhere, yeah. right? So I think w- if you take that take that into account and remember, like, okay. Like no matter what, there's going to be a place for you to go and to funnel your traffic and for you to gain new followers and and for your backers to go. Uh, you just need to find one that's reputable that people trust to put their money into, um, and pro- hopefully has um, good discovery. I mean, Kickstarter isn't a, a perfect platform anyway, so maybe they're even better than Kickstarter. Maybe they have things that um, other cre- that creators have wanted that Kickstarter hasn't given out yet. So. Um, it's a little scary, but it also might be uh, a, an opportunity. You never know why, what might come from from this. Maybe Kickstarters becomes even better. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> money from crypto makes it insane, and they have all these other different features that maybe it makes it a a, a necessary evil. I mean, I mean, maybe that's maybe that's controversial. I don't want to, but like, but who knows? I don't, I don't I'm know. I'm who so knows? ignorant about crypto right. stuff. I do like uh, I I in, I'm enjoying the um, the positive the look you know the the positive outlook because because it's amazing how every few months how something is going to ruin or kill comics dead right just like shoot them fucking dead in an alleyway like bruce wayne's parents never to be found again right no one ever reads a comic again um you know, I, I saw a lot of people talk like that when, when Substack came out, you know, mm. that there are people that are so anti-digital that mm. were like, will like threaten to like walk away from the medium. 
I like, like I've told numerous people, and this is how I found Kickstarter and crowdfunding. I follow the stories. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I loved, I said, I still love X-Men comics, you know, like, but like I was buying X-Men comics when you could buy them at like 7-Eleven in the grocery store when they were like everywhere in the nineties when we were kids. And like, you know, I learned about Marvel and DC, right? And then I learned about indie comics and like Spawn and, and you know, Ninja Turtles and all this other shit, right? And I was like, whoa, there's, there's more than Marvel and DC, right? And I started reading indie and I started getting really into that. And then I heard about another side of indie, like, you know, later on in life, a few years ago with Kickstarter, and a lot of like these comics from Kickstarter were really fucking cool. And I started back in Kickstarter and, you know, like I, lo- you can see behind me, like I love books. I love tangible things. And, uh, but I also, I mean, I'm a comic reviewer. Like I get PDFs all the time. A lot of my reading is digital. I read on my tablet and it's, it's not a terrible experience and I don't feel like I'm losing anything of the story. And so, you know, it's, it's, we've, we come across these like weird uh hiccups uh that that sometimes i feel like are invented like they might not even be hiccups um Mm -hmm. but so but with this news of the last couple days the only thing that upset me was a lot of the creators i like and that i back and that um i enjoy you know backing their campaigns and and they they put out good work i'm seeing a lot of people saying like well i won't put anything else out on kickstarter and then like Indiegogo has like a bunch of weirdness because it caters to some less than reputable people and it has a reputation in that regard. Uh, so, but I mean, you know, Kickstarter is the same. Like there's, there's bad shit on Kickstarter too. There's bad shit on YouTube. There's bad shit all over right. the internet. You know, you can't get rid of it. Um, you know, Substack and people were like, oh, it's all digital. I'll, I'll never do this. Like, uh, and then, and then, the, you know, they were like, I don't want newsletter comics. And, and, you know, we're seeing now that like they, they send PDFs. It's not like Mm -hmm. you know it's not that crazy but i just um the what i was worried about and part of what like i guess i consider my mission is with blake's buzz is like i want more people to to do crowdfunding to participate in it to get to know the creatives because you guys i love tom king right i love Mm -hmm. i i love a lot of these iconic writers and artists and um but like you know if i if i tweet at at tom king i don't know why i keep saying tom king like um, people are like (laughs) this motherfucker's obsessed with tom king but like (laughs) if i if i tweeted a big name right um or post a review like Snyder or somebody, they may not see it because they have a hundred thousand followers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or they, they may not acknowledge it. Whereas, like Kickstarter, if I write a review for Saturn Effects, like or something similar, like I'll mm-hmm. you guys will like DM the reviewer and you'll be like, Oh my god, like you took the time out of your day to review my comic, and like that was so special to me. And then it's like special to me that like you know, you have like this really unique interaction that you don't get um normally it's it's almost like a virtual con experience which has been nice Mm -hmm. for the last couple years because i mean cons are now coming back but all that shit was shut down right so we didn't get interactions with writers and artists and how do you get sketches how do you get signed stuff well kickstarter you can get a sketch you can get a signed Mm -hmm. copy you can you can communicate with the creatives and and they communicate back with you uh and it's it's um it's it's kind of it's an it turns into uh purchasing a comic turns into an experience basically and and, and like a, a a unifying and positive experience and i want more people to 
get over the bullshit of like, oh, I got to pay for shipping. Like, okay, yeah, like, you know, everyone always goes to like Amazon Prime and they're like, well, mm. we get free two day shipping. Well, like, yeah, but like we pay 12 bucks a month for Amazon Prime. Right. It's not free, right? You know, it's sort of free, but it's, we're paying for that service. And so you, you get what you pay for basically. And mm. I've, I've been trying to get more people to experience Kickstarter and some people are very hesitant, right? <clears throat> they want to go to a comic shop and buy their comics. I get it. But, you know, now there's this new discourse and I, that's what upset me was like, people like, I'm going to leave Kickstarter. Fuck this. I'm done. We need to find other places. And then consumers being like, oh, like, cool. Crowdfunding is going to ruin the planet. And it was like, oh, fuck. Like, ooh, mm. like, don't say that. That's, right. that's, that's, you know, and it's funny because like all we get mad at all this stuff for like, this is going to ruin the planet. This is going to ruin the planet. We ruin this fucking planet. We, <laughs> right. the people, like, we right. did this. We are the, we're at fault here. You know, like I subscribe to Spotify. I buy things on Amazon. I subscribe right. to Disney. I like watching superhero movies. Like I, right. you're the villain, right? You're supporting mm. these major companies that, that have a massive carbon footprint and do all sorts right. of terrible shit to everybody. So anyway, you know, ramble, ramble, ramble. I just did not like the negative notion that it put in, and, you know, like people that like may have like taken a step towards a campaign, like, oh, this looks interesting after the last couple of days may have very well been like, ooh, and I don't want people to step back, you know, like I want people to take the step towards this right. awesome realm of indie comics. And it's a bummer that people are still hesitant to do so. And that's what I'm worried about. Right. And I'm with you. Like I, I don't want to change platforms. Um, I, I, I mean, it's almost like the, the word Kickstarter is almost like the word PlayStation, you know, like yeah. it's just like a universal term for crowdfunding or yeah. like PlayStation was for video games. And so it's just like, it's a lot to change. Uh, if, and, and, you know, and for you guys, you're in your third campaign, you guys build these followings. Right. And it's going to be a struggle for you all to be like, oh, we're switching platforms. Um, please come this way. You know, like it's, right. that's going to be a struggle too, on top of all the promo you have to do and everything else right. you guys do. So like it, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be here doing, doing my thing, you know, like I'll try and buy the comics when I, where I can, when I can. And, but yeah, I just, I, it, it's, it's weird, you know, and I don't really know where it's going to go. And what I found today is when I'm trying to research shit about this, like, uh, Bitcoin and, and blockchain and all this, mm. it's very hard to find reliable information on this stuff. Right. Like right. it gets weird. It gets, and, and it starts sounding like a cult. And then it's like, right. And it's like, what is like, what is, what is good information? What is the right information? So it's, it's hard to research. It's very confusing. Right. It's everybody's got a fucking opinion about it. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a weird moment. And, and I'm just, you know, like, I, I just, my heart goes out to you guys. Like I said, like, you've got these like campaigns planned for the future. Uh, and, and everybody's got new books coming out and then, and now you got to think about like, well, where are we going to do this? Right. If, yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I don't know. So not to like, <laughs> not to like shit on your positive outlook. That's, it's okay. But I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure these are things you've, you've thought about yeah, too. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. You know, I'm, I got, I, I mean, I've, I've got several campaigns going that I've backed right now. Uh, 
that you know i'm not just gonna be like well fuck kickstarter uh because like i guess i think if you start saying that mm. you're not just saying fuck kickstarter you're also saying fuck indie comics and you're also saying fuck these creatives that and this is your right. guys's like livelihood you know right. so we need these we need these stories we need these outlets uh I don't, I don't know about digital currency. I mean, the only <laughs> thing I think is weird, the real weird part is that I mm. can't use PayPal on Kickstarter. Yeah, But I they want to just, they just want to be like, uh, I don't know about this PayPal stuff. But then they're like, yeah, blockchain crypto, that's where, you know, like, wait, right. where, where did you, how did you like do this hop, skip and a jump to this? <laughs> right, so, right. And that know. is interesting. I'm surprised that they don't have PayPal integration yet. Because I'm not going to lie. I play dangerous games with my bank account. And okay. the, the way my job pays is, is mm. I get paid on the 15th and the last day of the month. Right. Right. Which is usually about how Kickstarter campaigns begin and end. Right. Is mid month and end of the month. And so if I had the option to PayPal where I could be like, oh, well, PayPal won't charge this till Monday. Mm. We could, you know, like I wouldn't have to like mm. change my uh, bids to digital. But, you know, that's me just being terrible with money. But all, it's just weird that like, you know, I, I, you know, I like PayPal where I don't have to put like my credit card number in everywhere. Like right. I've always liked that. It's easy and it's simple. Right. And it's just, it's weird. It's weird what they want to embrace and not embrace and mm -hmm. all this clusterfuck that's happening right now, I guess. I don't know. Agreed. <laughs> but it hasn't taken effect yet. So folks, you should get on the internet and you should go check out Chris's Kickstarter and you should back Saturn Effect Alpha 1 through 3 uh, because I have I just read issue 3 and I won't spoil anything, but it's very damn good. Uh, it's it's beautiful. It's action-packed. It's, uh, it's intense. And I'm really stoked to read the new part uh, to see how, like I said, I already dig how you changed the viewpoints, but like to mm. get a whole issue of Helena, like mm. after seeing her and, and uh, she's a, she's a badass. Like she's, uh, she's you know, she, she doesn't, she doesn't fuck around, you know, like I'm ready. I'm ready to see, I'm ready to see what you do with that. Uh, and, and I, I, anyways, I, um, I know I, I'm, you're the one who's supposed to be talking, not me. This <laughs> <laughs> is your show. That's, that's my, I, I have a hard time shutting up, but I was really stoked to, here, uh, to, to talk about like, just to kind of see what was going on in, in your guys's heads about with, mm. with the change and, what that's going to mean and I, and I guess like like you said like we don't really know maybe it'll be a big thing maybe it won't you know there's mm. there's still going to be crowdfunding though i think that's a good message to put out that this this way of making comics uh you know call it crowdfunding call it self-publishing call it what you will is not gonna it's not dead it's not gonna die it works uh right. it's, and it's a it's a beautiful thing uh i it's it's interesting to me because i review a lot of comics man and it's shocking sometimes like how good some of this shit is and it can't find a home with a publisher. Like that blows my mind. Like I'm like yeah. I'm, half the time. I'm like, what? Like, it's crazy that you have to do this. Like you're like, like the, like the, like the, the beautiful person at the high school dance, right. Who's who doesn't have right. anyone to dance with. That's what it kind of feels like. Like everybody should want to dance with this person. I don't know. Right. There just happens to be a lot of beautiful people at this dance, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like there's just too much. There's just too much ass in the gymnasium. Yeah, too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Let's write that one down. Somebody that's. A... <laughs> yeah. That's put it in the next comic.
So what are, um, what are you reading right now? Like, or what, what influenced Saturn effect or what news? Like, what are you back on Kickstarter? What's, what's, what kind of stuff are you into? All right. Well, let's see. What, what am I reading right now? I think the only thing that I'm like religiously reading is Robin and the new Venom stuff. And on Kickstarter, I'd have to open up my Kickstarter to see exactly exactly what I'm backing. I back I back a few things. Right. My, I, I don't remember shit. I'm just like, yep, yeah, yep, yep. Exactly. <laughs> it's 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 a lot of um of indie stuff that uh um that pops up on my Twitter that I know the creator or I interact with them online parasocially. So uh, I wanna, you know help them out and uh um yeah i mean uh I, most of the stuff i read is 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 either the new stuff from the big two or other you know independent publishers just to keep up on like what's popular and like what other people are reading like if there's an, a popular a n- number one coming out or if there's like a really popular um series that everybody's reading i want to keep up to you know figure out like okay what makes this popular everything is also market research so reading everything is market research ordering um or backing other people's kickstarters is market research because i get to see you know why people really like their book or how they send their book or what kind of things that they like to put in as their add-ons or what kind of products they like to put in their tiers and what and you know uh, the like and um so i mean it's specifically I, I i there's a few things i've been reading but um but, but yeah, well, what, about, what about you, Blake? What, what, what have you been reading? Got yeah, anything? Uh, got any recommend recommendations for me? I just got into manga in a okay. really badly intense way where I just am like blowing some money. Uh, I'm reading Alita Battle Angel right now, which is okay. insane. Um, Classic. I just read Akira. I got the Akira box set Classic. and like blew through that. Um, I am um, I'm trying to get Chainsaw Man, uh, but the volumes are so hard to get. And great book. But so I subscribe to Viz now because it's two dollars right. a month. And like, how great a deal is that? Two dollars a month for like tens of thousands of, of, of manga to read, mm-hmm. like at your fingertips. Uh, Kaiju number eight was really Kaiju awesome. Is great also. Uh, and then I just um, so like I had some family stuff go down and um, I got like kind of like sad and uh, manga and anime like I kind of embraced like the weebness that I haven't mm. embraced in a while. So like when I was a kid, like Cartoon Network, I used to watch we used to, we watched like Gundam Wing, uh, right. Gun, uh, Gundam Wing and um, oh uh i i watched dragon ball z sometimes but i was never super into it but like mm. i used to watch anime after school with my friends on cartoon network all the time right and i kind of fell out of anime and i just got caught up with like demon slayer and mm. now i like would re- i would love to get that set of, of manga um mm. i'm about to dive into jujitsu kaisen i've heard Jiu-Jitsu. that's really good um, so yeah, anyways, like, uh, manga's, manga's blowing me away. I'm, right. uh, I'm right now. What I'm reading is the Charles soul, um, high Republic novel, because I've been mm. buying all this high Republic stuff and I can't read any of it. Cause I haven't finished soul's novel. Cause mm. there's like, I started the, the Marvel series and it spoiled some stuff. So I have to finish mm. this novel I've had forever to read these mm. other novels and comics and stuff. So yeah, but yeah, manga is uh, manga, manga. I don't know. When I say manga, I sound like a pretentious douchebag. Like. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, uh, that's just uh, really, really um, impressing me. Right. Uh, and and I'm having so much fun with it. Uh, Helsing. I, I'm I'm on the. I got mm-hmm. the three deluxe volumes of Helsing. I've knocked out two of those. Like okay. 
Nazi vampires. Like, fuck yeah, man. Nice. Like the, just the rampant slaughter. Like it's crazy. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like a whole new deal and it mm-hmm. has uh, really distracted me from like the, you know, the, the family shit that's going on. And, and, right. uh, I, I forgot how to read for myself for mm-hmm. a while. Cause I was like trying to review everything and right. interview prep and stuff. And, um, this whole weird experience has shown me that like, Hey, I've always been scared that if I don't review enough, like people are I'm, like the publishers are going to take me off their reviewer list. That mm-hmm. hasn't happened yet. So I found out that's not the case, okay, nice. uh, but yeah. So, um, but yeah, like uh, I'm just, I'm having a whole, a real good time. Like just mm. the whole cinematic approach of manga and like how fast yeah. it moves and just, right. just the art. Like I love the, the art. It's so cool. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's what I'm reading and, and some star Wars shit. Yeah. And, some star Wars also the high Republic stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm also a big fan of manga too. Um, and I actually have a couple stories that are coming out that are heavily inspired by um, manga. I have a uh, short in my uh, one of my editors' um, upcoming anthology, um, Gerald Von Carr, his uh, breakneck fantasy anthology. Um, I have a have a short with uh, an artist, Marco Del Forno, uh, and that's like uh, very heavily inspired by manga. And then I also have a story coming out next year with uh, an, another Italian artist named Fabio Violante. And uh, it's a think Evangelion meets Stranger Things. Um, so oh, fuck me. This yeah. gonna be... Do you want me to like send you money now? <laughs> I am there for that. Well, get get ready. It's uh, it's it's probably one of my favorite stories that I've written. It's got everything that I love after the Saturn effect, basically. <laughs> um, and it's it's uh, it's a really awesome story. It's um, it's sci-fi, but it's not as far in the future as um as the Saturn effect. So keep it keep an eye out on that, and uh, hopefully uh, uh it'll be a, a welcome addition to the Red Sea comics um catalog very cool man yeah that's another great thing about uh kick uh, or kickstarting crowdfunding is the anthology deal mm. uh i i am wildly impressed by people's ability to do that um because with prose you know a short story you know you you can do a lot with 10 pages of prose or 15 right. pages or i mean shit if you're stephen king you can put out you know 80 page short stories but like fuck you that's a novella but but yeah. you still you know like you when you when <laughs> yeah. you have that name you can do whatever you can be like yeah. oh yeah here's this 80 page short story and somebody will be like i'll publish it yeah. um but you know it's it's so intense to me and and it's crazy that like i'm working on something right now which but to in in five to ten pages uh that's not a lot of story in a comic script you know like that's not a lot of room to play with you have to like you have to like hit the ground running and you have to make your character real in a short time and and you have to make your character do something and emerge changed right like Mm -hmm. something has to happen that's very important um and the artist so yeah that's that's my nightmare that i'm dealing with right now but you know that's Mm -hmm. it's funny that like the comic um um, the comic schools like that's where they start you they're like do a five page comic do a 10 page mm-hmm. comic like i feel like that's harder than like a serialized 20 to 30 page you know chapter one chapter two chapter three 
Uh, so it's really impressive to me when you guys can like do these these shorts and and make it like a good story. Like it blows my mind. And I so I I, I really dig anthologies. The only thing I don't dig is they're just kind of expensive. But mm. uh, I like that the right. artists like people get paid. You, you're getting paid, so like you're you're paying these teams that they get something right. to do this. Um, I just backed. Uh, I just, I just I just spent some bucks on Nightmare Theater Volume One and Two, mm-hmm. uh, the horror anthology, uh, and I'm really stoked to get those. So yeah, that's one of my uh, like off into the sunsets coming out soon, I think, mm-hmm. and all right. these cool anthologies. So yeah, that's that's another like crowdfunding deal where like you know, are what's going to happen to those? You know, if, right. if it goes awry, like you know, so yeah, I mean, Mad Cave kind of did one. Mad Cave did their new. Uh, in october they they put out mm. an anthology um but i mean and i guess you could kind of say like image did it with uh, the silver coin right but that's still like they gave them a whole issue you know that wasn't like right. a collection of you know five to ten to fifteen page stories so you're dealing with different animals but it seems like more and more people like that especially with horror mm. like uh, people love the the quick hit horror comic you know like mm. it's, it's interesting what have you ever like so i mean you're obviously you're 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 pretty good at sci-fi but like you know uh when you talk about like earlier when you talked about how you you know embrace like imagery in your writing i think mm-hmm. horror is a great way to do that in genre uh mm-hmm. like it's a good genre to like you, you know it, it it moves people and scares people and uh every there's a huge visual you know factor in horror like yeah mm-hmm. do you ever write scary stuff or you, is that kind of not your jam I actually do write scary stuff and I do have a uh, sci-fi horror thriller that's um, in production that um, should be coming out hopefully next year at some time um, that has uh, the artist uh, Brian Escuro, um, who I've met online and um, the colorist tentatively right now is... Um, marissa louise so um it's a uh, busy dude man you got got a lot of books you got a lot of books in your pocket a lot of books and that that one's almost we're almost two books deep uh, on that one and um that book it follows a rich black family as they bring home a terrifying alien to take care of their family estate so think uh get out meets et or get out meets alien wow yeah so that that should be coming out next year also and so, yeah, I do like or do write horror things. That was, um, I think horror sort of lends itself to um, this ability to like what you know when we were talking about poetry, the the way to code things, right? Horror just has like this coding of you know uh, maybe more scary things in society than maybe a nature poem does, um, you know maybe, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think horror is lends itself to shorter things. It lends itself to longer things. Horror is just like really good genre. I think to even start out when, if you're trying to write something um, like something psychological or something um, scary, just because it's, um, you know, the task immediately, if you're a right, like so if you're a new writer, you know, the task you're trying to elicit some sort of a stress response from your reader. Um, how you go about that um, is really up to you. Then there's a lot of different um, tropes and sort of genre um, expectations that we all have baked into ourselves because we've all, even if you don't like scary stuff, um, you've seen some scary stuff and hopefully if you're writing something scary, you like scary stuff. So you've seen a decent amount of scary stuff. So, you know, all the tropes and all the mechanisms and, um, inherently in you from just watching and consuming this media. Um, and I think horror is one of those genres where it's easy to, or easier, I should say, to sort of like dip your foot in and sort of like get, try and write something that has some depth 
that has um, like some other meaning, but also is able to deliver on what you want to do, which is like scare people in whatever way you're trying to scare people. Um, so yeah, horror, I do write horror and I do think horror is a great genre to, for, to start out in and also just to write whenever, obviously we'll write whenever. Um, and I, I do write other stuff that's not just sci-fi. Um, like I said, I wrote a, a fantasy thing for um, my my friends, uh, my editor's anthology. Um, but a lot of stuff that I write has a sci-fi bend. I mean, we live in the future, so it's, it's hard. <laughs> I mean, like when in a, in a world, and I say this a lot, but in a world where like UFOs are real, like the American government has been like, yo, UFOs, those are a thing. Like that, like we're just in a sci-fi movie. Like, and, and, and nobody cares. It's just like, yeah, this is sci-fi. I mean, like we have all this other shit going on. It's like, you couldn't even write a movie like this. You couldn't even write it. So yeah, like I, I, <laughs> I was talking to that with some friends the other day about like everybody like forgot about that. Like, oh, like people fucking storm the Capitol. Oh, we're in the midst of like a yeah. multi-layered pandemic. Oh, everybody's wearing masks and right. like the air is trying to kill us. Right. right. And the government was like, yeah there's like some ufo videos like to try and distract us and everybody was like yeah we'll deal with that later dude i was like like, whoa time out like they're real like i knew it like i always knew when i was a kid do you remember the show sightings i don't okay there was this show called sightings and it was on regular Mm. tv and it was like it was like uh unsolved mysteries but aliens and like I dude, I used to watch this shit by myself right. and just scare the bejesus out of myself because right. I was like, an alien's gonna come and get me. Like they're gonna see that I'm watching this and I know too much. <laughs> they're gonna take me away. Right. I remember going to see like Fire in the Sky when I was a kid, right. and that was like not a movie for a kid to go see. Right. And that really screwed me up too. <laughs> right. and, but it's funny because like these things that like gave me like really intense terrifying nightmares Mm. and like traumatized me for Mm. a week as a kid like now i'm older and and like that's totally affected like Mm. the stories that the media i consume the pros and stories i consume and things i want to write and create and so yeah it's uh but yeah like horror sci-fi is like a forever like comfort zone for me Mm. like event horizon is one of my favorite movies uh you know like uh, i could watch sam neil like peel his own eyes out and spin around in that chair mm. like all day uh but yeah so it's um i and i always loved horror because i feel like uh to really know or to write good horror you have to like know people mm. um great horror it, it doesn't just scare you it like manipulates your emotions so like you know, mm. sci-fi, you have to, like, take things that we know as normative and make them alien, which is really hard. Like, mm. you have to try really hard and be really smart about it. And that's and, – and so, like, great sci-fi writers are, are few and far between, I think, because it's a challenge. Um, horror, like, you can be funny, right? Like, what's what's one of the top horror movies ever? Scream. And they keep making right. them. But but because it made us laugh, it turned us on, and it scared right. us, right? And it, right. like, does all these things simultaneously. And I love how, like, great horror celebrates, like, the humanness in us all. It's, right. like, I always thought that was cool. Even if we're dealing with, like, monsters and vampires and, or, like, you know, gothic shit, like, you know, it's still, like, there's a celebration of human, even in body horror, it's, like, we have to think of, like, our body bodies and but what if what if they turned against us right like right. and in all the unique unique ways we can do that so yeah right. horror horror is really cool and 
um that that's dope like i'm i'm excited for your for your future projects i hope i can afford them it sounds like you've told us like you've got like 50 million fucking comics about to come out so hopefully i can <laughs> i can be around to back and we'll be like god damn like chris moses breaking the breaking the bank i gotta take a loan out to back all your hundreds of books coming out over the next couple months hopefully That's- they stay affordable um <laughs> but and hopefully we'll have them available at every subsequent kickstarter I, I ran this is my second one of the year hopefully next year we'll be running um hope somewhere three to four uh, or awesome. whatever whatever platform we're on um somewhere, <laughs> somewhere around three to four campaigns so there'll be multiple opportunities and everything will be up at, at least digital copies will always be available at my website so redseacomics.com for anybody listening so um yeah I, there's definitely a lot a lot to come um uh, and yeah, one last thing on aliens. It's you, like I said, you wouldn't be able to write this because you know, like you said, we all like ignore what's go- was like. You couldn't just like announce that and think that nobody would pay attention. Like you, no writer was like, oh yeah. And then in the future, they'll announce this, and then everyone's decided that they didn't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> it's like nobody could have predicted. Like this, it's that's why. Well, yeah, life is just the strangest story of all. I guess that that, that is true, man. Um, well, like like you just mentioned so as a polite the polite podcast host that i am you did mention your website so i guess this is the part where we need to make sure everybody knows where to find you all your details even the shit you don't want us to find out about where are your dirty secrets online where are like twitter instagram facebook like where's the best place to find you let's let's make sure everybody can can get the get the chris moses deets okay so if you want to follow me specifically uh check me out on twitter uh at r chris moses um you can find my independent label red sea comics at www.redseacomics.com or at Red Sea Comics on Instagram or at Red Sea Comics on Twitter. You could also follow my independent sci-fi book that's also under the Red Sea label, uh, The Saturn Effect, which is kickstarting right now um, for issues one through three of The Saturn Effect Alpha and our newest uh, spinoff series, The Saturn Effect Helena number one. Uh, and you can find us at www.thesaturneffect.com where you can find three free issues, The Saturn Effect Ajax one through three. And you can also find us on Instagram at The Siren Effect and on Twitter as well at The Siren Effect. Um, and it's all on Facebook also at The Siren Effect and Red Sea Comics. So it's really easy. Just type in The Siren Effect. You'll find me somewhere. <laughs> type in Red Sea Comics. You'll find me. Um, type in uh, Chris Moses, comic writer. I mean, my SEO isn't good enough to type in Chris Moses yet, but help me out. Google Chris Moses and go through a few pages till you find me. Bump me up in the in the algorithm because I want to be able to Google myself uh, and not have to scroll forever to find myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> but until then, uh, like I said, Twitter are Chris Moses, and you can get a a little bit closer of a look into the mind of of me, I guess, as I be annoying and shamelessly promote myself a twenty four seven. Hey man, that we we all got to do it, right? That's. Uh... I keep for everybody keeps telling me I got to keep reminding people like uh, I heard three times a week. I'm supposed to remind people that I put out a podcast like Mm. release midweek and then one time before the new podcast comes out. And I'm like, 
no <laughs> it's already bad enough man like when, when i have to do like i have to when i tweet something or whatever like I, mm. so i'm like oh like this okay i gotta do this here i gotta do mm. this on the blake's buzz facebook i gotta mm. do this on instagram it's mm. like man and, and i don't even have like a, a project <laughs> it's just me it's just me being like hey i wrote this blog post so let me tell you three times like oh i put out this podcast but anyway that's um, a project man Oh, it's, it's, well, it's, it's, I love it. Like, uh, like talking to you tonight was super fun. Uh, I, I really dug nerding out with you. Uh, I, I love like, it's, it's just like, I we're friends now basically. Cause yeah, you're, course, you're an English nerd. You're we're into manga with, I love your, I love your comics. Uh, Thanks, speaking of, like we said, the campaign for Saturn Effect Alpha 1 through 3 and Helena is live right now. Um, there's there's links everywhere. You can go to his internet profiles and he's got he's got links for you to find it. Uh, if Santa's bringing you coal for Christmas, treat your fucking selves, ladies and gentlemen, because this is an affordable Kickstarter that you need to read. Uh, you can do digital. You can do physical. They're all affordable. It's not going to break the bank. He's running it till Christmas, and I can guarantee you that these are comics you want to read. Even if you're not a fan of sci-fi, which what's wrong with you? You should be. Sci-fi is fucking awesome. But there's just it's there. It's very human. He's dealing with real life problems that is going to make you think about the world around us in different ways, which is just what great literature is supposed to do. Uh, it, it grounds you. It gives you an experience and it makes you think differently. The Saturn effect does all these things. It's really cool. The art is nuts. Like it's just beautiful. Every page. I love the, the, the splash pages. God, the, these guys do splash pages, folks, like you wouldn't believe. Um, back it. Do it. Uh, he's he's about halfway there, I think. We got a couple weeks left. Uh, yep. Do it. Do it for me. I just want this comic, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get this funded for this for these these awesome creatives. And yeah, man, I am. I'm super stoked about your future projects. Like everything I've heard tonight, uh, you have you've got a backer out of me, sir. Like I would love to be there to thanks, man. Uh, check out more of your stuff because you're 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 a talent. You're a good dude, and uh, you know I'm I'm here for it. It's awesome. I appreciate that, man. Uh, and thank you for having me on. It really means a lot. Uh, taking taking an hour and a half, an hour and a half plus to talk to me about uh, my, my crazy stories. Um, so I appreciate it. And I appreciate you taking a look and reading them all. It means a lot. Hey man, hey, if you're going to send me free comics, man, I'm at least going to read them. Right, great. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's the right thing to do. Right? right. I did. I did interview, uh, who, uh, the guys who wrote, uh, Frank at home on the farm. Mm. And they were like, they were like, yeah, thanks for reading the comic. And I was like, what, what was I supposed to do? Like, how how are we going to interview about your book if I don't read it? And they were like, "Well, the last interview we did, the guy just read the first issue," and I was like, "Oh shit!" And so, I don't know. But like, you know, my life is boring. I'm single. I have no kids. Like, I I read. I read all the time, right. and then and I talk in this fucking microphone a couple times. Right. I feel that. Bro. I feel that, brother. It's okay. <laughs> we're all in it together. <laughs>